Anyway, let's get to Brett Phillips. Uh, he can answer that far better than you or I. And I'm getting smashed here. There is no lines, people. Why did I think that? Anyway, uh, thanks to the all-electric Kia EV6 GT supercar. Brett Phillips joins us. BP, a couple of questions off the top. Can you please say the name of the reigning Wimbledon champion on the female side for us? And we will see which one of us is right. Yes. All right, folks. Uh, here we go. Alina Rybakina. Yes. Thank you very much. Not Rybakina. And just for everyone out there, the world number one, Iga Sviontek. Sviontek, not Swiatek. Sviontek. No. If Is I it... hear one more person say Swiatek, <laughs> come on. Well, Swiatek went out yesterday, didn't she? <laughs> went out two days ago. Where does the N come from in Sviontek? Well, you know, Polish. I mean, most tennis names, um, the way they look is very rare, the way, they, uh, the way they're said. I think even young um, uh, Lehechka last night, who played Tsitsipas, you actually say he's, it's not Yiri, it's uh, Yishi. Yishi? Hmm. <laughs> I know, it's a Jeez, bit it of was, It was easier back in the day when we had Guy Forget. It really was a lot easier when I we had I struggled with John Smith. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favourites, Guy Forget. Ah, oh, what are the greats. Now, last time we've been talking about this incident with Stefano Sitsipas and the, hitting the ball not too far away from a, a ball boy or ball girl. Uh, it seemed a bit of a, bit, a bit of sugar put on the story, but what did, what did you make of it? And just explain the rule. If that ball hits that uh, ball person, is he automatically out? Well, if we go, if we go on Jules... Uh, you know, Djokovic at the US Open, he was immediately uh, <clears throat> yeah, defaulted when he uh, hit the uh, lineswoman at the, uh, the back of the court. So that, that's my understanding. Yeah. And look, it's, um, it's, a, it's a cleaner court uh, than what it used to be. Obviously, at the slams it is. Uh, the tour events still have some line judges. That's where uh, I was getting confused, Simon. Yeah, but the slams, and I think, well, a few of the Masters 1000s, uh, they just can't have every event with electronic line calling, but uh, to clean the court where you've just got the ball boys. And, yeah, look, the players are going to be conscious of that. They're going to be conscious of a lot of things. I mean, there's, you know, the chair umpire there, there's lines people, there's, um, you know, there's other people in that court area, uh, even to the side of the court, that in moments of frustration, they're going to be uh, pretty conscious of. So, yeah, we know sport, it's it's high pressure. <laughs> you need to let out some steam. But, um, yeah, obviously it's not taken uh, too well if you actually hit a hit someone who's in the court, who's part of the match uh, actually functioning. So, uh, but I've got to say, I don't know. Well, it probably doesn't, it's not the case today with Ben Shelton. He's going to be on Rod Laver Arena first. Now, if I was the ball boy, I would take a little extra step uh, left or right because uh, you will not, they won't see his serve. And that won't be the fault of Ben Shelton. He just hits it hard. He'd actually get struck. <laughs> wow. He's got that quicker serve, has he? Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, Simon, he... Uh, well, I think he's been up around two, yeah, two twenty-five, two thirty, and they're whistling through. It's true, uh, which is why, which is why he's still a very dangerous player in the draw, even though he's the least experienced player in the draw. Mm. So, we'll see how he goes today. Pretty amazing story. Sorry, Simon, he's a pretty amazing story, isn't he? Because he hadn't played tennis outside of America. No, and he really didn't pick up a racket properly till he was about thirteen, fourteen. Which in tennis is extremely late. I mean, they're putting a racket in your hand when you're one. And on the tennis court, when you read back on any backstory of a player, and yeah, his father obviously played, but didn't push him uh, to play uh, tennis. But then he got a little taste of it, 
and he fell in love with it. He thought, no, this is my sport, and I can uh, do pretty well here. And, yeah, he dominated uh, the Florida Gators in college, uh, the NCAA there. He just won match after match after match, and then he burst onto the pros. And, yeah, his last six months have been simply outstanding. Play all the challenges over in the U.S., that tear down. The rankings uh, skyrocketed in an instant, and he's just... I mean, we, we all were front and, se- front and centre for that match against Popper and the other night where he, he just blew, blew us away with his level of play. So, and the variety he's got too. It's not all just, you know, out-and-out out firepower. He's got beautiful touch and hands and a little bit of a swagger, a little bit of charisma, and it's nice and controlled as well. Very likeable kid. BP, that service of his, that, that sort of 230Ks, is he getting a similar percentage to you know, the guys that are serving at 200Ks? Is it that big a weapon? Uh, you know, I, haven't, I haven't assessed the numbers down to the finest, uh, you know, in terms of his first serve uh, percentage and uh, etc. But um, I mean, you're he, the first he, person who's ever said I get, I've got too technical in a sport. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Simon. It's seven thirty in the morning. I'm just waking up. No, look at no. But he he's getting three points. Three points. I mean, those serves are they're unreturnable serves, mm. uh, which is which is huge in uh, huge in tennis. So there's one thing. I mean, this. You know, there's so many variances now with the serve. Um, you know, hitting your spots or just, you know, putting it into an area where it's just, you know, there's, there's no chance of a racket. So, you know, the good players can mix it up really, really well. And I'm, I'm sure he'll even add more strings to his bow with the serve because sometimes, even though it's lightning quick, I mean, it can it can be a little predictable as well. So, yeah, I mean, and, and players are returning better than ever. They really put more emphasis on return games. It's a good old story, isn't it, Victoria, as a ranker, uh, 10 years after winning the Australian Open. A, were you surprised that she beat Jessica Pagula yesterday, particularly so comfortably, and the fact that she's got so far in this tournament? Yeah, well, certainly uh, when, you, when you're always looking through the women's draw, you're always looking at Azarenka going that, you know, she's, she's still so super competitive. She's not making up the numbers. She's still got the aspiration to you know, win majors. But we've felt that just the last few years, I mean, she struggled a little bit, um, you know, still there, but, you know, maybe not the formidable, clearly not the formidable force. You know, she went away, became a mum. You know, it's, she's a different athlete to what she was uh, 10 years ago in Melbourne uh, in terms of what she can do. So she's had to just adapt her game a little bit, Jules, and, you know, uh, add, add different things to her game to keep her competitive. But her first strike play last night was was incredible. Uh, and Pagula, I mean, I think she came in certainly a little nervous. She hadn't been past the quarters before. Had only one one set, and that was uh, three years ago at the Australian Open. And that first ball back into play, they were sh- she was shooting it up the middle at the toes, and it was game on from Azarenka. I, we, we could see it when she was you know, coming out of the locker room, walking to the court. She meant business, and she was bouncing around. She brought all her experience to the tennis court. Now she's got to play a really powerful hitter in Robuckina, uh, but she can take her on, there's no doubt. I mean, you know, she gets to this stage of a tournament. She doesn't lose the Australian Open um, through her past record. And I think it would be the story of the tournament from here if she was able to get up, even though I think Sabalenka, for mine, is still the player to beat. Do we know why Victoria Azarenka is wearing sunglasses to her post-match press conferences, or is that just part of her stick? Good question, Jules. Now, I was asking the same question last night. I did get home and I, I caught an interview on nine. I thought, well, what on earth is going on there? I'll, I'll get to the bottom of that today. I'm not 100% sure, to be honest. Uh, it must uh, some some sort of deal she's... I don't know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> seems odd. Seems <laughs> it does, odd. It does seem odd. <laughs> 
catching <laughs> of um, the Russian, a uh, couple of Russians showing some good form, uh, and Joker taking on Rublev today. Uh, how are you seeing? Can, can Rublev just with his power just rush Djokovic, or are we seeing him just his form's just too good? <laughs> Rublev's playing really good tennis. I mean, he's been a regular top tender now for a few years. But, you know, he's he's suffered through just not having enough variety in his game uh, to, to to go above that sort of five to ten category in the rankings. But he's got a look, he's got an opportunity. Um, he's feeling pretty good about his game. But, you know, you, you just wonder the mindset of an Andre Rublev today. Does he genuinely believe he can beat Novak Djokovic when all the hype's about Djokovic, his record in Australia, nine Australian Opens, we could go on and on and on. So the mindset he brings will be really interesting. And he, and, and you, you've got to get into the game early with Novak. It, it can just get away from you pretty quickly. First set down and you're, you're, you're back to the wall. So you've got, to, you've got to tip Djokovic. But Rublev, look, if he plays with that intensity and shifts Djokovic around, you know, certainly he can be in the rallies, but Djokovic just finds a way. Those, you know, five to nine shot rallies, or even the nine plus shots, he'll he'll not make the mistake, Djokovic, and and force his player to overplay. And that's where Rublev's got to try and keep some discipline and control and not go too early. So it'll be a fascinating matchup. But I think Djokovic, yeah, probably well, clearly I, he's the clear favourite from here. So I don't, I don't, I'm not buying into. Um, yeah, Rublev probably winning that match, to be honest. Just uh, quickly on the on the women's quarterfinals today. So you've got Carolina Pliskova versus Lynette, who's been a real surprise story. But the, the other one's fascinating because 12 months ago, Sabalenka was serving like Simon. And Donna Vekic, she was going to quit the sport a couple of years ago. Now they're both a mm. chance to make a semi of Australian Open. Well, Sabalenka, I, I think, has been superb, Jules. Uh, she won Adelaide into Melbourne. She's on a hot streak. You're right, she's got the serve sorted, more kick on the second serve, so there's more control there, higher percentage in play. And once uh, once you're into the rallies with Arena, you've got to be damn good because she is lethal off the ground. So as long as she's keeping the ball in, uh, then a lot of those balls aren't coming back. Um, so she's my my tip from here. And, and Donna Vekic, yeah, it's a little renaissance. Uh, 19 in the world a few years ago, quarterfinal US Open. And she really dropped away. Didn't uh, didn't love the sport, you know, through COVID. And uh, but you know, her age actually surprised me. I keep thinking Donna, she's been around forever. I keep thinking she's around 30, 31, and she's only in the mid 20s. So, you know, there's still a window for her to maybe have a, a dream run in a major and dream of lifting a trophy. So, Sabalenka for mine, probably to play, probably Pliskova. But it would not surprise me if we're talking tomorrow, Magdalene as a surprise uh, semi-finalist. BP, uh, thanks again for your time. Enjoy the quarterfinals today. And we'll catch up again tomorrow. Indeed. Thank you, gents.